And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, and welcome back for another great night of professional wrestling here. I have on the show, and in my opinion, he is now the currently the uncrowned Octane Championship. He's the Octane Champion who just recently was stripped of the title for not being able to compete because Dead Reckoning, you know, naming Damian Sick and Christian Fury. And even Night Stalker took it upon himself to attack this man's legs. And, and, you know, and because of his injury, he was not able to defend his championship at the last at the last wrestling show of UCW. And the belt was, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it was a situation where Damian Sick took on somebody else and won the championship right back. Now Damian Sick is a two-time hardcore champion. God. <laughs> Anyway, I got hit in the back again. Anyway, let's, I got I got open tonight. I got Hollywood Hancock on the show, man. Just how you doing, man? Doing good. It's great to be here. <laughs> anyways, anyways, talk about that, guys. I'm here working and everything, but uh, but Justin, man, what's going on, man? How's, how's the leg doing? Uh, it's doing okay. After the match, you know, they rushed me to the nearest hospital. And, of course, you know, it's Georgia, man. So it's not as good as the treatment we get up in Hollywood, California. But I had to settle for it. And uh, they did a few tests and said it was broken in three places. So, you know, I'm just at home resting up now. I'm trying to get back to 100%. That's good, man. You know, I've been following the career here a little bit since you left AWF. I know you and your father and your brother started Bible Pro Wrestling. You wrestled for United Championship Wrestling as well. I mean, compared to the two companies, I know you wrestled in UCW. Do you wrestle at all in Bible Pro or do you do more of the production kind of thing? I'm more of the uh, head of production for Vile Pro. I did wrestle one match for them. That was at the very first show we ever did. Right, right. But uh, I haven't wrestled for them since then. Well, out of the whole contrast of it all, your overall opinion between Vile Pro and UCW, you consider them on the same level playing fields? I mean, are they in competition with each other? Or is Vile Pro on another planet compared to UCW. I haven't been to a Bible Pro show, so I don't have a whole lot of research on that, though. But I do got some. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that are on here. But I'm curious in your thoughts and the comparison between both promotions. What do you think? I mean, I wouldn't say they're on the same level. I mean, each has their own style of professional wrestling. I would say VPW is more of a more leaning towards high quality production and UCW focuses more on the wrestling itself. So it's almost like a big comparing with the WWF and the NWA back in the day. Yes. Well, for the longest time, you know, UCW didn't have much of a protection thing. They didn't film a whole lot of their shows. And something they did film never really made it online until Touched by Bad Productions decided to take an opportunity here and, and try to help these guys out and get these guys a little recognition. I, I decided to join UCW, but I'm part of TNB. Touched my Bats. I'm now I'm on the contract with UCW. I'm there as one of, as one of the commentators working for TNB. But anyways, we're trying to get used to Debbie as far as production-wise. And then uh, speaking of productions, ladies and gentlemen, also welcome to the show. Christopher Dwayne Dickens is on the show. He's the CEO of Trust My Bass Productions. He's one of the sponsors for the show. And he's the reason why the shootout happens every single week. Now, you know, Justin, you mentioned before, you know, a year or two ago, last time I had you on the show, you give a lot of credit to Christopher Dickens of helping you out with production. So, is it because of your skills levels? Because you're the head of production of Viral Pro 
I do one of the ringing reasons why Battle Pro is having a lot of success as far as it, as far as production goes. I mean, that could be a reason that they're so successful. I mean, I'm not going to take sole credit for it because there are others on the production team besides me. But uh, for the majority of 2017, I was the main person doing all the videos and graphics for uh, Viral Pro until it was taken up by uh, James Kitchens earlier this year. Right, right. Well, now that Chris Dickens is, um, you know, the head of production for TNB now, you think it's going to put them on level playing fields or still, you know, Viral Pro is still on a different level? And, w- and when you say things like, are the matches in Viral Pro, are they any good compared to UCW? Because you said UCW is more focusing on wrestling, you know, or is Viral Pro more about when you say production? Is that like, but the light, the bright lights, or it's about how the camo work is done, the editing, promo videos, um, storylines. I mean, what's, you know, what does Viral Pro really focus on? You say production, can you be a little bit more specific? Yeah, I mean, they they focus on putting on the best product possible, basically trying to be the WWE of the independent scene. You know, they they focus on the lights and the the videos and the backstage vignettes and and uh, camera work. They try to make it the best product possible to impress the fans. You would say. Now let's talk about the fans here a little bit here. Now you've been part of the UCW crowds and the Viral Pro crowds. Now I've heard by the people that visit Viral Pro and visit. UCW, there's not much difference in the crowds. Is that true? I mean, what I mean by as far as crowd attendance and crowd reactions here. Does Viral Pro draw more people to UCW versus Thompson and Grove Town kind of deal? Well, from what I've been seeing the past few shows at Viral, they've been drawing a close to 150 to 200 on average. That's what they average. Wow. Chris Dickens is on the show here. He's been last few months here kind of working with UCW for production here. I want to ask Chris here a question. What's the average fan that's been attending the UCW? The average amount or the average uh, what what they're looking for? I mean, like, what what are you specifically I asking? I'm specifically asking you what, what, what is the average fan attending UCW? Justin, Justin just said the average Viral per audience is anywhere between 150 to 200 people. That's about average. Okay. I'm asking what's the average of UCW the last several shows you've been attending to? Well, I, I mean, the that. last show we were at, um, it was standing room only, but if you're going to compare it to a Viral Pro show, which takes place at Sweetwater Gym, where there's a whole lot more seating and, you know, there's benches and everything, where UCW only has, you know, three rows of chairs on two different sides of the ring, um, you're, you're going to have a huge difference in the amount of people that uh, the building can hold. Um, so I would say that would probably be about half or three quarters of what a viral pro would pull. Um, and that last I know the December show, the December show, you still we drew what, what, 15, 20 people? Not even that. Uh, what really not, what? Not even that. I don't think no, even but, that, you but know? you know, on average, UCW can draw anywhere from 25 to 50 people, just depending. Um, but this past show, this past January, Revelations, like I said, it was standing room only. Um, it was the biggest crowd they've ever had. Um, not to toot my own horn or anything, but toot toot, I have a little, a little help with that, uh, getting those numbers up there. So, um. But, uh, I mean, it also goes with, uh, you know, the talent at UCW. The talent is also what makes the fans come in and watch. And, you know, Justin himself, uh, after being under my wing with production, uh, is actually pretty cool to see him in the ring performing the way he performs. I think he's actually developed himself a lot better than uh, most of us gave him credit for. I definitely agree. I definitely agree, you know. Now, I have had arguments with certain members of UCW about how to draw a crowd. 
you know, Bible Pro has not been shy about trying to get some big names at their at their show. Maybe speaking of recently, you guys had the Rock and Roll Express, a former eight-time NWA World Tag Team Champion and WWE Hall of Famers to appear to you guys at the show. I had to draw a pretty good size crowd from when I when I'm holding everything. And then, you know, UCW does not care to hire big name talent. They're, in, their, in their eyes, if they pay for big name talent, they just slap their other wrestlers in the face because they weren't paying them. I'm a firm believer that says if you can get a big name there to draw more people there, you know, the more money will come in and I'll give your guys a chance to really show their clap and make people want to come back to see them. It's called stealing the show, you know. I mean, let's face it, I say this time and time again, you know. When WrestleMania 5 came, I mean, yeah, people were there to see Hogan and the Macho Man, or Jake the Snake and Andre the Giant. But when they went home that night, they'll talk about, damn, did you see the Rockers match with the Twin Towers? Damn, you know. That's why Shawn Michaels was called the showstopper. You know, he stole the show. You know what I mean? He, he heard, you know, and, and I, I said before again, you know, you have younger talent, which is great, you know. Sometimes you might need a veteran there, a big name talent there. I, I, I draw. We get the audience out there. They want to pay to see him, but they'll go home and talking about young guys like Hollywood Hancock. You know, and, and speaking of that, let's talk about this guy. Let's, let's talk about this, Justin. And before I bring that up, man, what's your opinion on that, though? As far as having big names, it could have been our pro. You think it has anything to do with guys' success? compared to UCW? I mean, it could be a factor into that. Um, I think Viral Pro, when they bring in big names like that, they use it to boost the company's credibility. Exactly. Because, you know, at the recently at the last event that they had, the uh, the Rock and Roll Express actually won the VPW Tag Team Championships. And that news spread all over the world through all the dirt sheets. It sure did. That put Bible Pro on the map. That put Bible Pro on the map. No. Um, well, let's move on here a little bit here. I, you know, there's a couple of rumored Indian winter questions here right now, Justin, and, and I've heard these rumors, and I'm just going to confront you with it, okay? It has to do with you and Dead Reckoning here. At one point, I've had people tell me that Hollywood Hancock is actually getting more heat than guys like Christian Fury, Damian Sick, and Night Stalker, the Dead Reckoning crew. You were getting more booed as being Hollywood Hancock, an arrogant, cocky movie star trying to deal. You know, you're getting more heat than them, and all of a sudden you're putting in a program and Dan Rickley had to basically squash you, basically saying that, hey, we can't let this kid get bigger than us. You know, what, what's your opinion on that? I've heard a lot of guys told me that personally. I mean, basically, at one point, I was the most hated superstar in UCW. I mean, I've had several people come to me and approach me on that and say, we hate your guts. And uh, at one point, UCW management actually wouldn't allow me to come downstairs from the locker room until every last person left the building because they were afraid that the fans were actually going to attack me. That's how much heat I was drawing Absolutely. from that crowd. Well, I mean, what's your thoughts, though? I mean, you think there's any conspiracy? Now, granted, you know, Fury denied all that. He said, that's just bull crap. There's no such thing in this bull, you know, whatever. You know, and I'm like, well, that's cool. I just, I mean, I just asked him a question. These are, these, are what, these are what I hear from. You know, but what's where's your, where's your thoughts? You think it was a conspiracy. You're getting so much heat, you know, and you get put in a situation with dead reckoning. You know, it just did not go very, very well. And it pissed off a lot of people, including guys like Alan Lucan and myself, you know, and, and, and some other names as well. You know, we've always known about hazing and wrestling where veterans who have to hold on to, quote, unquote, their spot instead of helping younger talent 
trying to get younger talent over to that next level, your veterans tend to want to hold on to their spot, you know, and, and try to hold young talent down. Now, in your opinion, just you know, be honest. You know, nobody ain't gonna hopefully. I don't. I don't. You know, issues. Be, but in your opinion, though, do you what your um. You feel like dead record when you try to wipe you out because they look at you as competition. Sorry, being the number one heel in the UCW. I mean, they could be threatened by me as a competitor, you know, because, you know, I'm I'm one of the most hated guys in the company. They're one of the most hated factions in the company. And, you know, eventually, somewhere down the line, we're going to cross paths and... Well, let me ask you this. Now, let's discuss this for a section here. Very rare, you'll see in the business, you're going to see a heel work another heel, okay? It doesn't work. It's been proven it doesn't work. Now, Chris Dickens, I want you to back me up here, or if you have a different opinion, I want you to come on the show and say it, Okay. Usually when a heel goes up against a freaking heel, someone's going to turn into the face, okay? What is, where, there's no logic for it. And to see heels go up against heels, you know, because the fans go to cheer for someone, the fans go to boo for someone. You know, where is the psychology in that? You know, what was the reason that record all of a sudden had to go up against Justin Hollywood, who was being a top heel, you know, who was getting a lot of heat, who he was uh, working with, you know? Chris Tickle, let's say you. You're, the, you're you are a booker, you're a promoter, you're a writer, and you are a heel yourself. You 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 wrote and you wrote and booked a lot of situations similar to this. You know what is your what is your thought process and psychology when it comes to this? What was going on in UCW when you're trying to book, you know, heel against a heel faction? For what reason? Usually, when that happens, uh, it's usually to draw more heat uh, to the person who is uh, actually. Uh, on top of the card at that point. So let's uh, say uh, like you had Justin Hollywood who's hated by everybody. And that that's a no brainer. As soon as he walks out through the curtain, everybody's booing the crap out of him. Um, but at the same time you had uh dead reckoning, who's supposed to be a heel faction, but with uh, Damien sick in the UCW crowd, he comes off as a face. So in this situation, uh, this booking actually turned out to be a face versus a heel because Damian Sick was actually getting the cheers. It's weird to, to come off of that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see him get too many cheers that night when he kidnapped his manager. No, the night he, did, team, you no, know. he, he was I getting polarizing he, options. Uh, he was getting polarizing uh, reactions when it comes to the crowd. Because uh, he had his own right, like that. It was turning on to me, from my viewpoint, it was like, okay, who's going to get more heat in this kind of situation here? Yeah, they, and they, that, they, they that's took the his thing. Ballet, took his manager, put her on a chain, you know. I and mean, that's just it. It, it, it gets to the point where if the dominating uh, heels uh, are not getting the heat that they're supposed to get, they'll end up getting booked to where they're going to get that heat. And that's pretty much what happened. Chris, in your opinion, do you think there's any truth to the rumor in any window about the conspiracy theory behind the scenes, or as Dead Record for like, we can't let this guy get bigger over than us. We got put this, we got put this guy back in his place. No, well, I mean, you take a look. You've at, heard it from other people. Like, you've heard from other people as well. I'm just curious in your opinion. Okay. You, know, you're on the outside you base it. Uh, my opinion is based off of uh, you know past events that have happened, including in AWS. Whenever we've had somebody who is uh, getting more shine or more heat than uh, somebody we wanted to have it, we'll find a way to make that person lose that heat or shine in order to get the person that we felt needed to be on top to that point. Uh, even in WWE and um, you know TNA, WCW, ECW, you name the promotion, there's always those backstage politics, and that's going to happen. Do I feel like that happened? Well, yeah. I mean, nobody expected Justin to get, you know, that much heat. And when you get that much heat, that means you're moving up in the company. You're going, you're getting the reaction. It's like, basically, I look at Justin Hollywood as Roman Reigns. No offense, please. Um, but, you know, he's getting heat 
for doing what he's supposed to do. But he's also drawing crowd. He's also drawing attention. And when you do that, you've got people who are backstage looking at that going, man, he's not supposed to be doing that. He's not supposed to have that kind of reaction. We're supposed to have that kind of reaction. Well, let's do something about it. And pretty much that's what took place. It's it's sad to say that that kind of politician goes on. You know, but I know professional wrestlers are like out to get paranoid about their quote unquote bot, you know, unfortunately. Um but, but just you know just you know, a lot of people are gonna view in their in their own opinion, you know, or some people feel like, Hey, we did give this guy a push, you know, and we're gonna talk about situations that you had at the veteran Rumble. That has got to be the best match of your career where you took on so many big names, former champions that were in that Rumble. There's the likes of Justin Chambers that was in there, T. Cash that was in there. You were, you know, um, theories, all of that directing, I think, was in there. And you took quite a beating in that Rumble. But in the end, you shocked the world when you actually won the Rumble. Shocked me. I was there commentating that. I was completely in shock. You know, you winning that rumble. How did that? How did that feel? What was your experience in that rumble? And what was the, the hardest shot you took in that rumble? Winning the uh, veterans rumble was probably the greatest moment to date of my career. Like I would never expect somebody like me to win a match like that. But to win, it was just just a feeling I can't describe. You know, I was so overwhelmed by the moment that you know a lot of the fans were upset for me winning. But you know, sometimes things happen, and sometimes the fans don't get what they want. But well, you know, there were some fans there. I think that they actually appreciate. Um, but you're going through in that rumble. I mean, there were some cheers too, and there were some disappointed fans who probably pulling for their favorites. But you know, it was one of those things for to me. When you go home at the end of the night, I mean, were you happy that your favorite win or pissed off that the guy you didn't want to win, or was it one of those? Damn, would you see that match? And, and in my opinion, the fans for the home that day watching that battle royal. Damn, I got to see that match. I've been the best veterans rumble or any type of rumble I've seen in a long, long time. It was very entertaining. But you took some shots, you know. I think it's a chair shot by Christian Theory in that match. And I thought you were done. But somehow you still got back in that ring, man. And still, you pulled it out, man. Was there, was there a strategy going in that thing? I mean, you, what was your game plan? How did you, what was your plan of survival in that veterans rumble? I think I was just running off of pure adrenaline and instinct, you know. Um, when when people came at me, I would take a few shots and give them a few. And then when I ran out of gas, I would roll out under the bottom rope, which a lot of people don't know they're actually able to do because the only way to eliminate is to go over the top. So if you go under, it allows you to breathe and catch your breath and and, you know, regain your stamina and energy and pick back up where you left off. But, you know, like you said, I took a lot of hard shots at that match, and and I did take two or three chair shots from Chains, and I also took a beating from Damien Sick with a chair outside of the ring and ended up being laying out on the concrete outside of the ring, which I say it had to hurt pretty bad, but, you know, just being in that moment and then, you know, eventually winning the Rumble, I didn't know I was going to win at the time, but, you know, I just had, it was just fueling me, you know, the thought of winning and shocking the world. I wasn't going to let anybody hold me down, and, you know, my adrenaline just happened to stay up the entire time. I know that month had to be a very, very inspirational time for you because 
you're winning a match like the Rumble the way you want it. Um, I know what was going on at Valor Pro. I do believe you had an opportunity shortly after that to meet Ricky Morgan and Robert Gibson, you know, the dead to be Hall of Famers, the Rock and Roll Express. You know, what 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 was it like beating these guys? I understand you did a training seminar with some of these guys. What was some of the advice? Yeah, I mean, what, for first first tell me what was it like to meet them? I mean, were you fans of the Rock and Roll Express? Did you know who they were? I know they might they might be probably from a generation before you and everything, but you've had to heard their name and respect them. And the feuds they've had with the Russians, the Horsemen, the Andersons, the Midnight Express, the Freebirds. I mean, these these and the matches they had with Ric Flair back in the day. I mean, Ricky Ward, Robert Gibson, Russell all over the world. The guy gives the guy gives them the props. But what was that like working with them, being part of your dad's promotion? You know, and like I said, witnessing them winning the tag team belts. Tell me, tell me about your experience with the Rock and Roll Express. Training with Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson was probably one of the best moments I've ever experienced. You know, being able to sit under the learning tree and be able to learn from one of the greatest tag teams in professional wrestling today, it was just so surreal. And, you know, they taught me a lot of things that that I've never learned from uh, my experience from training out in the AWF. Uh, you tell, you tell. What, what, what were they teaching you? He thought it was different of how the so-called guys in AWF were trying to teach you. Well, first off, you know, they taught us a little bit about in-ring psychology and said you had to know the rules of the ring and everything around you. And you had to basically be connected to your opponent in a way to keep things in the ring moving. Right, right. And they also uh, taught me a lot more of of the old school style traditional wrestling, like more of the the chain wrestling, which I never got to learn much of. And I think that helped me a lot because I learned a, a lot from Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. They also taught us about uh, being original with your character. Because he said a lot of the... He said, Ricky told me that guys send him matches to review every single day, and each one of the matches are the same. And what you have to do is you got to create a character that that's original and that no one's ever seen before and create your own style of wrestling that best suits you. Well, I tell you what, this reminds me of something, Chris. I want to bring you back on here, man. You were criticized, Chris Diggins, back in the day for doing the exact same thing Ricky Morton would just talk about. Not trying to have that same bullcrap uh, formula over and over and over. You see the exact same match after matches. Chris is the first one that said, we got to change it up a little bit. We got to try to do something different, you know. We got to get it. got to. Now, Chris, tell me about that crap. Now, listen to what Justin just sit there and said about psychology. You don't want to do the same thing over and over and over. You know, you got to focus in on your character, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and try to do something different here. Explain to me your philosophy. I know you and I remember in the past, you and Mike Marger and a few others, you know, I even throw uh, theories in on there. Now we go round and round and round about debating about what it takes to have a good match. But tell, I want you to tell, tell me your theory that you said back then that you were cast out for a year someone like Ricky Moore basically saying the exact same thing you just said. Go ahead. Who, who wants to go to see somebody, like every single match, you go to a wrestling show and every single match starts up with a collar elbow tie-up into a headlock, into a bumper jump drill, into a hip toss or arm drag takeover. They're circling the ring. It's it's the same formula and, and it's the sub, and it's southern wrestling, okay? That's what it is. It's the southern wrestling formula. It's the basics that everybody's taught when they first start in the wrestling business. That's what's the problem is that everybody feels like that needs to be the way it needs to be done. Also with gear. Another thing is with gear is that everybody has gear. Everybody has to have 
gear. Everybody has to have tights. Everybody has to have elbow pads, knee pads, kick pads, something. You've got to have gear. What people don't understand, and this is what Ricky Morton, and I, I got to applaud Ricky Morton on this. And I'm glad that he told you this, Justin, because I was trying to tell you the same thing when you were out in AWF, but I wasn't your head trainer. So really, I didn't have an opinion on things. But every character has to be different in one way, shape, or form. Yes, it's good to have gear. Yes, it's good to you know dress out and everything. But don't wear the same thing that somebody else is wearing. If somebody's wearing black tights with uh, the design on them, why the fuck are you going to wear black tights with designs on them? It doesn't make any sense. Why is it that you know people get chastised for wearing jeans in the ring or something of that effect? Because, in my honest opinion, if the dude's gimmick is he's, he's a fucking biker, he should be wearing jeans or chaps or something. He shouldn't be wearing tights with kick pads. He should be wearing a, a biker vest with jeans. He should come out looking tough. He should have chains on him. You know, not everybody needs to look the same. And not everybody needs to have the same style of wrestling. So you got your high flyers. You got your grapplers. You've got your submission experts, but here in the South, you've got the same guys doing the same moves in every single city, and it's getting crazy. Why do you think the ones who make it to WWE, like the Xavier Woods or, um, you know, um, what's his name, Yuha Nation, uh, all them guys who are now in WWE, why do you think they make it and others don't? Because they learn to evolve and adapt to new styles and new ways of thinking, whereas all the other guys are still sitting there twiddling their thumbs doing circles and collar elbow tie-ups. That's my philosophy on it. I don't know if that's exactly what, you know, Ricky Morton was saying, Justin, but uh, if he was, you know, great. If not, uh, um, maybe we're looking at polarizing opinions on it, but is that, is that what he was pretty much saying? Yeah, I think he pretty much came close to what he was saying. But, I mean, I could agree with you. Yeah, I mean, why would you want to do the same thing that everybody else is doing? You're not going to make it by doing what everybody else is doing. If that was the case, then Steve Austin would have been in some colorful tights running around with blonde hair instead of, you know, flicking the bird and drinking beers and giving the stunner to the boss. Or, you know, John Cena wouldn't be running around in tennis shoes and short uh, jean shorts and all, talking about hustle, loyalty, respect. They'd do something different each and every time. But here in Southeast Wrestling, there's a problem with guys that think tights and you know, everybody has to have tights. Everybody has to have elbow pads, knee pads. Everybody better learn the Southern style of wrestling. Everybody better start the match off with a collar elbow tie-up after circling the ring and getting to some bump and jump drills because that's the way we're supposed to do it, and it's not. If you're going to succeed in professional wrestling, you've got to be different. You've got to wrestle different. You've got to start your matches different, and you've got to look different. Don't look like everybody else. My rant's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Justin, before I get to the main event, and I'm going to leave that to the main event, I want to talk to you about, you know, your production company just a little bit here. Um, do you do anything outside Viral Pro with your you know, production company? Hey, what is doing your production company again? I forgot. That would be WWAX Productions. What does that mean? What does that stand for? Well, WWAX was actually an acronym that I created for a wrestling promotion that I used to have with my action figures. And I used to basically do try to attempt stop motion with the, with the action figures from when I was younger. And eventually I decided to go into creating my own original series and content. And I actually approached Chris Dickens on this. And he, he, he was the one that taught me into sticking with the WWAX acronym. So the original name was World Wrestling Alliance Extreme, but basically now it's just letters. It doesn't really stand for anything. Yeah, just call letters like you would uh, a television network or a radio station. They never really have a meaning. They're just call letters. I got you. I got you. I like it. I like it. Love it a lot and everything. And the very, but, first, oh, show, the very first show on there was uh, Retro Rewind, was it not? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It was. Well, what else do you do other than Vile Pro with your production company? Any other videos? I do a little bit of production work for Alternative Pro Wrestling out in Royston. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jeremy. I do the majority. <laughs> when, I, when I first came to APW about a year or so ago, 
the first thing that I noticed was the big screen hanging above the ring, but the only thing they used it for was a feed to watch through the back to see what was going on in the ring. And I actually approached Jeremy Vane because at the time I was just a fan sitting in the crowd, but he always appreciated people's input. So I approached Jeremy and I said, I noticed your screen above the ring. Have you ever considered using um, graphics or entrance videos for your wrestlers and video packages and such to help uh, elevate the product of your show? And he said, man, you know what? I've never thought about that. He's like, can you do that? And I said, yes, sir. I don't mind doing it for you. And eventually I just took off from there with APW. Wow, that's a pretty good deal, man. That's a pretty good deal. Well, down there in APW and everything, did you ever see Brandon Parker Russell? I do. He's actually there the majority of the time that I'm there. What, what, what do you think of him? He's doing great things down there. You know, he recently just regained the Southern States heavyweight title down there, but he lost it to Jacob Ashworth, but he held on to that title for quite some time. Yeah, he's having a podcast there recently. He had some... Uh... Good stories to tell you about APW. Hope to get back in the show, tell some more stories and everything. Um, right now, currently in UCW, you know, before you start feeling dead wrecking, though, who was some of your favorite opponents that you love working with? I actually enjoyed working James Houston, to be honest. Really? Yeah, James Houston has a reputation of putting people in the hospital. I, I have gone on a record and said he is the hardest hitter I've ever been in a ring with. I mean, a guy is very, very brutal. And I'm a pretty brutal guy myself. I've knocked some people out myself with this. But the first time I locked him in Houston, first time he hit me in the head, rocks me pretty good, man. I mean, Houston, he's a badass, man. He's my, I, I call him my hero. One of the toughest guys I've ever been in a ring with. I've got mad respect for James Houston. You tell me he's probably your favorite opponent. I really I'm sure he's powerbombed getting frog splashed a few times. <laughs> wow. The thing that I would say that hurt the most from James Houston would have to be the chops. Oh, God, yeah. Turn your chest like hamburger meat. Hey, Chris, what are you doing about that with James Houston? Don't get me started. Good Lord. There's a... Put you to the hospital at one time. I don't That God, would be... The Singapore Kane match. Look. The welch is on your back when he was freaking dead. You have blood squirting out of your own, all, all places. If man. I was to talk about my issues with James Houston and the injuries I have, we would have a whole other podcast on our hands. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, this guy just had a reputation. I mean, dude, there's a rumor right now. I've had some people kind of sort of confirm without 100% saying yes, but just their facial expressions, man. Because there were times James Houston will, will be banned in certain wrestling promotions because he was just so brutal. Literally, there were guys just, like, did not want to get in the ring with him because he was just so brutal. I mean, he was just, just that country tough son of a bitch, man. I mean, and nobody didn't want to cross his path, you know. That's pretty cool, man, you, you know. That's a nice compliment you say about James Houston. I just kind of didn't expect that. You threw a left, and I was expecting a right. That's pretty cool. But, all right, guys, let's get down to the main event. The main thing we're here to talk about Hazing and pro wrestling. You know, I'm going to be doing another topic on hazing and professional wrestling with young guys trying to break into the business and getting hazed by the veterans to see if you really, really, really want it. Now, Justin, just being honest with me, man, I mean, I, I, I can understand it. If you don't feel comfortable answering a question, just be like, hey, no comment. And I, I understand it. I ain't going to press you on it. But I'm going to call it like I see it. When we saw how the one the Octane title went down, you know, was supposed to have been a golden opportunity for you. You know what I'm saying? All the, all the hard work, all the abuse you took in the ring, the beatdowns, the bumps, you paid your dues, man. You paid your freaking dues. And you were in a match where clearly the veteran would give you no shine. I mean, it was just like he was just, you know, demolishing you the entire match. They didn't think about taking your valet away from you putting under a freaking chain, which I get the angle. I understand what's going on with it. But the way how you were, you should have gotten a little bit of revenge in that kind of deal. Your your valley just got abducted. You should be able to take the fight right to him, not the other way around. That was a complete beatdown. And it just looked like Josh has made a little woosh. Quick little mistakes. You get quick roll-up. 
they get demolished afterwards, okay? Then we go into the next month, plus with a rematch, you get attacked at the end of the show, your legs taken out, you know? I mean, dude, I'm sorry. I was so disgusted. Myself, Adam and Luke was so disgusted to call you, say, management up, cuss them out. The management all would tell us was, all you need to know is that it's handled. And we saw exactly how it got handled, man. I mean, dude, it pissed me off so damn much, man. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, what, what, what's the point here? And, and it goes back to what me and Christian were talking about earlier. Hazy that goes on professional wrestling because I'll tell you, man, Christian's got some horror stories. I got a few little horror stories myself. We first broke into the business so many years ago. Yeah, there were some veterans that tried to get cheap shots on us. You know, I had a guy named Madeira one time trying to freaking break my freaking neck one time trying to prove some kind of point, you know, because a match with Matt Cruz one time. He, he, tried to, he tried to cheap shot me, you know. I had to take him down when he did. And Chris, my God, man, everybody lined up, could, could not wait to get their hands on Chris. They still when do. They, when he first started Brooklyn. They still do to this day. So, I mean, I'm curious on your thoughts, man. I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts on hazing itself, but, like, what, 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 what was going on in your mind in that situation with Josh, Damien Sick? To be completely honest with you, it, it caught me off guard because him kidnapping my manager was something I don't believe any of us saw coming, including me, and I actually wasn't too happy about that. You did look kind of shocked in the back of me and Blake was interviewing you, so you didn't know that was supposed to go down like that? or I did not. Oh, wow. So it sounds like someone's just going into business for himself there. Did it try to explain to you what was going on, anything at all? He didn't tell me anything. He, I just know I was laid out outside the ring, and he just all of a sudden picked her up and walked away, and I was like, what the heck's going on? Wow. Well, let's talk about the match. I mean, you were due... From the beginning of the bell, man, he was just pulling with you and hurting you the entire time. And I'm just kind of sitting there looking at this match. It was just like, this is going too far. He's taking it too far. I mean, dude, you were getting serious. You were taking some serious blows and not ring. And I, I, was, I don't know, man. I mean, I know Damien Stick has a reputation. I know he's trying to protect his reputation. You know, I'm going to go on record and say I respect him like a wrestler. But I just kind of felt like, he was, I don't know, the, protect, the brutality of it, I thought he was taking a little bit too far. Well, I agree. I mean, I, I definitely agree he took it a little too far because I don't know if you noticed this, but when we first started the match, the first strike that he hit me with actually knocked my entire sense of hearing out for like the first five or six minutes. I knew you was hurting, man. I couldn't hear the commentators. I couldn't hear the crowd. All I heard was ringing. Wow. But Kara still, what else was going on in the match itself? I mean, was he he throwing any other major stiff shots? I mean, I mean. The only thing I would have to say was uh, it was a little stiff with his punches, but, you know, he comes from a different style and background than I do. And then, and then that's fine, though. I get the stiffer style. I get Damien Sick has to be Damien Sick, but, you know, I, 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 I'm sorry. When it comes time to pass the torch, you pass the torch. You win it in the ring, you lose it in the ring, okay? I mean, when it came time for you to finally – get an opportunity to become the champion of the world. This is your first title you're going to win. And the whole thing was you're just getting your, your butt handed to you. you know, a few months ago, you were known as the, probably one of the top heels in UCW. At the end of the show, the afterthought was not even you winning the title was you just got beat down and your valet ran off again, you know, with, with, with Josh. I mean, it was no real... 
you know, nothing. I mean, I just, I just don't understand what's the thought process, what's the reason, you know, in the whole kind of scenario, man. And to me, that's just like bad business. You know, what do you, what, what kind of message are you sending to the younger talent? Like, hey, don't cross me. You're gonna get freaking destroyed. But you know, at the same time, I get that. I know guys feel like they need to protect their spot, and it, sometimes it turns into a sheet. You know, so I don't know what the man's feelings was. I'm hoping to get him on the show one day. I'm gonna ask him the same question. You know, and 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 it's something that the public needs to know. I mean, you know. What's wrong with passing the torch? What's wrong with getting a guy ready for the next level? What was the whole point of embarrassing him like that, you know? And, and ruining your character, you know? No. Go ahead, go ahead, Justice. Honestly, I don't, you know, I don't know what was going through his mind. I don't know if he was afraid, you know, that he would lose his spot at the top of the uh, mountain. But, you know, I'm not trying to take anybody's spot up. I don't mind, you know, um, I don't mind him trying to remain dominant in this sport, in this industry, because I understand how hard it is to make it in this business. But, you know, instead of putting me down, I agree that he, as a veteran, he could possibly help elevate me and give me advice and, you know, just try to help me boost my career while focusing on his career also. Well, I don't know. I know everybody's got opinions about it, you know, and, and, and some opinions weren't very good. Some some people just have some negative things to say about it on, on, on both sides. I mean, I've heard Justin, so I'm not saying this to upset you or anything, but there were some guys that felt like he didn't even deserve that spot. And I would always argue against that. Look, the guy's done every single thing he was told to do, you know, he comes there month after month, busting his ass and doing the best he can. Obviously, the crowd is appreciating him. It's not like he, it's not like he walks in a ring and people are just not paying attention. You hear nothing but damn violins. The crickets chirping, basically. No, but he was getting heat. He was started getting a rub. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I just don't get it. You know, Chris, tell me your thoughts about it, man. You saw it just like I saw it. No, I mean, it goes back to what I said. It's like Justin, you know, started gaining traction and started gaining attention. And, you know, there's politics backstage that go against it sometimes. He just, he's got to, he's got to rise above it, is what I got to say. He's got to rise above it. And I know he can do it because he rose above everything else. So... Oh, I've got no doubt. He's gonna be. A, he's a great. You know, he's a great wrestler. He's got a heart. You know, he's doing. He's doing. He's gonna be something really special in this business. But Chris Tiggins, what kind of advice could you give to Justin on dealing with someone like Damian Six? He's gonna take it upon himself. Lady, I'm gonna beat this kid up. I'm gonna steal his valet. I ain't got to, I don't, I don't got to answer to nobody. I got got to, I'm top shit. I've been in business for 15 years now. People need to freaking get down to freaking knees and kiss my ass. You know, Maybe and, like and there are some guys, there are some guys. Now I'm not hundred percent saying Josh has that mentality. I'm just freestyling here, but I know for a fact, there are some guys who truly believe, you know, you got freaking, you know, you, <laughs> I mean, there, there are some guys who truly believe who think their shit don't freaking stink, you know? So what kind of advice would you be able to give to Justin on dealing with likes of someone like him? I know for a fact you've had to do it with him personally. Make like a department store and start handing out receipts. There uh, you go. That's, that's the best way to go. I mean, if they're going to try to up their game against you, up your game against them. You've got to be tougher than the person who is trying to be tough with you. You're supposed to be equal when it comes to your in-ring. If somebody's trying to one-up you and you know that it's supposed to be an equal playing field. Knock them back into their place. Be like, hey, play the right, play it right, man. Do what we're supposed to be do- doing. What do what we talked about doing, not what you want to do. That's how you got to work it. Because if you don't, you're going to get pushed around in this business for years to come, and that's not where you need to be. It's like this, Justice. You know, 
I, rec- I highly recommend you read Roddy Roddy Piper's book, The Piper's Pit. Piper will tell you stories. About how he was a young, skinny, 150-pound kid, Ricky, in this business in the 70s, and how God was so mean to him, cruel to him. You know, I mean, not only they would beat the Levitar of in the ring, what they would do to him in the back. I mean, hazing was very, very, very big in the 70s. They just didn't let you. had to be, what, what do they call it, Chris? A fraternity? You had to be accepted in the fraternity. You know, and then some guys, some guys walk in, if, you, if they didn't like you, ain't nothing more what you can do. You got to freaking make them like you in one way or the other. You know, and then I think what helped Piper out more than anything, he became so violent with his words and he got a point where, exactly, I'm not going to let you beat me up. You know, that bell goes, I'm going to take the fight to you. And then that, that's when he got to the point where he realized he wasn't going to let nobody pin his shoulders down to the mat. He, he just became a rebel outlaw crazy. But you know what, though? It made him famous. It made him the icon that he is today. I highly recommend um, studying what Roddy Wright Piper does when he did when he first spoke into his business. As a God honest truth. Can I cross my line on that? Nope. Well, Justin, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw some names out there to you, big man. We're going to call the end of the day on the show here. I appreciate you being on the show, man. And like I said, man, I'm not, we're, not, we're not taking jabs to everybody. We're discussing what's going on in the business. We're discussing our thoughts on wrestling matches and, 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 and situations here, okay? Don't nobody take this shit personally. You know, we, we're calling it like we see it. Justin, you know how I end my podcast is, man. I'm going to start naming out some wrestlers. You tell me your thoughts over and everything. But before I do that, I just have a question I meant to ask you, you know, how do you feel about the progress United Championship Wrestling is doing so far? I mean, I think they've come a long way, personally. I, I, um, I'm i totally impressed uh, by the last few shows I attended to. I enjoy commentating some of, the, uh, some of the matches right now. But, you know, if you were to give advice to UCW, what would it be? I mean, like I said, just tell me what you think so far. If you were to give them advice on how to get better, even production-wise, what would it be? Honestly, they it, they've grown a lot since I've been there. You know, with the addition of commentary and the lights at the entranceway. You know, at one point they tried to use entrance videos at a screen, and I know they had some issues with the projector. But uh, if they ever need help with any of that, you know, I'm always, uh, I'm always there. They can always come up to me. You know, I believe that we have an extra spare projector that was used at Viral Pro that we may be able to lend to UCW, as well as an extra screen because Viral actually has a bigger screen now that we that we started with. Now let me ask you this, okay? Is there, do you get any heat at all from Viral Pro by the Viral Pro management or any talent uh, for wrestling with UCW? I mean, are they, do they care, don't care? I mean, what, what sort of feedback Viral Pro gives you personally for working with UCW? I wouldn't say they'd have a problem with me wrestling because they understand that I have to go out and make a name for myself because honestly, I'm not wrestling for them. I think it's more of the production aspect that they have an issue with. Oh, really? Well, I can understand that, though. But um, but the the the, the management of Viral Pro. I mean, I'm just curious. I ain't trying to, I ain't trying to start a war or anything. It's just my curiosity. My uh, listeners out there who listen to the shootout's curiosity here. You know, does Viral, what does Viral Pro really think of UCW? Do they consider them competition? Do they consider them a joke? I mean, what's their real opinion of UCW? I don't think they, they actually don't have any beef with UCW as far as I know. Well, good, good. You know, the last thing we need to do is start another wrestling war out there. I mean, um... There's another rumor in Indy when you question I want to ask. We've heard a little bit of rumors about it, but I'm kind of curious what Bible Pro talks about it. I know what's being said in UCW. You know, um, comp- other competition coming into the area. 
like the likes of Machida coming. And the rumor the rumor is that the power pro of management is pissed off, paranoid, and does not like the fact that Machida trying to have shows in Thompson. Did any share any lights that rumor? I wouldn't say that we have any beef with Bushido, but I would say that they kind of lowballed this, you know, basically, this is indie wrestling, you know, you can have shows anywhere, anytime, but the way Viral Pro sees it, they, uh, they had to receive the blessing of Antron Brewer to run shows in Thompson, and then basically, Ashido just kind of snuck up out of the blue, and I think that kind of caught Vital Pro off guard. And yeah, I think they were a little upset at first, but now I think they've kind of come to terms with it. So, they, so they have met with Ashido and kind of worked out a little treaty or anything like that, or? Uh, they haven't how I say met with them. I know I was a part of the first Bushido show in Thompson. Uh, I actually got to wrestle for them and help them out a little bit. But uh, I think basically they said uh, they just wanted to kind of drop this whole thing because it was causing more conflict than, it, than good, you know. Does Bushido have plans of coming back to Thompson? Uh, yeah, I believe they have two more shows planned. They got a show coming up this week and then one in March. So I think, think the plan for them is they're trying to run every month as the Viral, which runs every other month. And why is that? Why does Viral Pro run shows every other month? How can they have a, how can they keep the fans' interest have a concept with, with storylines, though? I mean, how, what's the thought process of having it every other month? Is it financial reasons or? You know, other obligations, or I'm curious, what's the thought process of having shows every other month versus every month? I think the process behind running every other month for viral is so that we won't get burned out so easily. We saw that with Flatline, you know, it was kind of hard for them to create fresh storylines every month. Uh, I, I I disagree with it now. It had nothing to do with the yeah. creativity part. I had a lot to do with the Columbia County try to take over concession, thinking of a financial reason. You know, I don't uh, think because of the creativity got still. Uh, I think, but it, running every other month is a lot easier because it it keeps the, I mean, it keeps the fans how coming keep, back. How does it keep the fans stayed in tune? Like, hey, remember, you know. I mean, do you have a recap? It's like, hey, hey, if you missed, you know, at least 60 days, you've seen Viral Pro. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just don't see how y'all keep the audience. Maybe, maybe it's just me. You know, that's just my opinion. You know, um, I can, you know, I can understand if you're going to different cities, different city, maybe, but, you know, but that's fine, though. I mean, to each of its own, you know. Um, Chris, I'm curious, any, any, any opinion on that? Or the every other month deal? Do you agree with it? Disagree with it? Or well, I mean, they have a thing going on with Georgia, uh, Georgia wrestling history. Um, you know, with Stony and them, where they do recap the shows, so people do see that they get the recap on that. They do have a uh, promotional stuff on their uh, social media. It keeps people up to date. Now, as being part of the uh, Flatline production team, I can say that. He was correct, and it was um, fatiguing to the production guys uh, every month because we were rushing to get the stuff done. Because not only were we editing the footage that was from the last event, but we were also creating the uh, build-up footage and everything for the new event coming up the next month. And it wasn't a lot of time in between to get that done. So having a month in between shows actually does give the production team a lot more time to get the promotional stuff done as well as get the actual uh, matches and all the actual show edited and ready for a DVD or, um, you know, release. Like, they really – what is it? uh, What is the uh, 
thing that uh, Viral Pro has, Justin, that uh, y'all released the shows on? Uh, Powerbomb TV. Powerbomb TV. So, you know, for that or, you know, DVD production, you got to have a a substantial amount of time to do that. And, you know, not having a break in between shows was kind of rough. So, I mean, I can understand where they come from on that. I'm not against that. You know, if it's done correctly, which it seems to be they're doing things the right way, the production team up there, and they're in good hands with Caleb Kitchens. I mean, I've worked with Caleb. I understand his philosophy on production. So, I mean, they're doing things the right way. I can't knock them for it. Well, you know, speaking of Caleb Kitchens, he is going to be on the uh, shootout show coming up here real, real soon. And uh, so... Yeah, I, I am going to cross cross references and stuff about a pro because he told me personally he had a lot of stuff he wants to get off his chest about Bow Pro and other wrestling promotions and everything. So hopefully I will address all those issues with him. Um, that being said, we're doing the final part of the uh, podcast here. So Justin Hancock, Hollywood as a wood, Young Crayon Octane Champion. Um, what I simply do is this: I I I tell you Russia's name. You tell me the first your first thoughts of him. Are you ready? Let's do it. Christian Fury, great guy. You know, never really had any problems with him. Good to talk to, but um, kind of confusing when it comes to the current situation with dead reckoning. Yeah, very confusing. All right. Um Daniel E. Main. I understand you did a podcast show with this guy. What's your thoughts on the uh former owner of Flatline? Or probably still on well whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Daniel was actually a pretty cool guy, you know, he besides Chris, Daniel actually had a hand in helping me with production as well. He actually uh brought me on as an intern for Flatline and taught me how to work the uh, production table, which is currently what I do for Viral. So I think he helped me a lot with that. Outstanding, bro. All right, what's your thoughts of the American Nightmare 6, Eric Milford? 6. 6 is kind of a mysterious figure. You know, from what I've seen of him, he, he doesn't really speak much. Okay, okay. I mean, what about Damien? What about what about Damien Sick? Damien Sick is just Damien Sick. I think that speaks for itself, you know. Hey, say no more, man. Chris Wiggins. Chris Wiggins is uh he's a cool dude too, you know, kinda of, I kinda of look up to him as an inspiration towards my uh my stuff in ring wise, you know, I try to um, look at Justin Hollywood as possibly a similar character to the Miami bad boy, Devin Wright. I actually try to work a few of his moves into my move set because I grew up watching him in flatline. But, you know, I also learned a lot from Chris and uh, the flatline staff, you know, by working in the back and helping set up and tear down the ring. And Chris gave me a lot of advice for the business as a whole. Caleb Stovall. Caleb Stovall, he he's a cool dude, you know. I don't I haven't really spoke to him many times, but from what I've seen of him he's you know, he's cool. And we have a connection through his mom also because she actually was one of my teachers in high school. Awesome, awesome. The U C W announced team, Caleb, Driver Payne and Blake. What's your thoughts of our commentary team? I think that you're doing a great job, impressive job with the commentary from a production standpoint. I enjoy hearing you two and the connection that you have, you know, but um, from a from the A-lister standpoint for Blake, you know, Blake kind of likes to pick a bone or two with Justin Hollywood and tries to uh, get under my skin, you know. Uh, he tries to have a little fun with it, and I understand that, you know. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, what about uh, 
Nice doctor, Don Brown. How's he treat? How's he treat you in UCW? As far as I know, he he treats me pretty well. You know, he, whenever I have a problem with stuff that's going on, he's always open to talk about it. We always have awesome, awesome. He's a good guy when it comes to that. What about Christopher Dwayne Dickens? Chris Dickens is a man. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here on the shootout. Oh, the man. The man. The man. The man with a plan. He's Chris Dickens. Oh, uh, the gingerbread man. Anyway. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got to worry about going against no Christian Fury in UCW. You got to worry about the guy behind the camera. Stealing your nachos. Uh, yeah, I thought that pretty hilarious. Taking my man's nachos. Cool. All right, next one. All right, Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker. Brandon Parker is another inspiration of mine. I've always loved his work and looked up to Brandon Parker. And uh, I, I was going to mention this earlier when you brought up Brandon Parker, but uh, I actually wrestled a few short matches for APW out in Royston and um recently at the end of last year they actually called me up and said hey are you going to be able to make it and it was one Friday night because they run every Friday and I was like unfortunately I had prior obligations and they said well that's too bad because you're going to have the opportunity to work Brandon Parker oh man and that kind of uh got to me you know because I've always wanted to work Parker and from what I've heard he's always wanted to work me because I think he wants to show me a few things in the ring. Actually, speaking from experience as a guy who's been in the ring with Brandon Parker more times than the actual ring mat itself, um, I think it'd be better that you didn't get in the ring with Brandon Parker that night. <laughs> because you probably would have not walked out. You probably would have been stretched out. <laughs> That's just speaking from experience. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up here, guys. That's in Hollywood. I think you've been on the show, man. It was a good pleasure talking to you, man. Hopefully, we'll coming back on the show again. Good luck to you in the future with UCW. I wish you all the best in that feud with Damian Sick. I hope we get your belt back, man. It was wrong for you to get screwed out of that title. Uh, you, you can guarantee it, man. You know, I'm going to be hitting the gym soon and rehabbing this leg and just going full force and focusing on our speedy recoveries to get back in that ring and hopefully regain what I never lost, the Octane title. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to it, though. But, hey, man, you had to, I had to heard about Justin Chambers and um, T-Cash. For the, for the UCW championship. T-Cash stole it, man. We didn't steal it. He, he, well, he stole it the crowd, definitely. But he defeated Chambers for the title. What are your thoughts on the new champion? Any idea? Should the champion have asked him back with his or any thought one day be challenging him for that belt? Props to T-Cash. You know, my hat's off to him. He deserves it, but you know, when the A-lister returns, there's no telling which championship I'm going to go for. I could come for Damien Sick or I could go for T-Cash. Outstanding, bro. Outstanding, man. Okay. Hey, guys, my name is Survivor Payne, Bill Blanchard, along with my co-host and business partner and best friend and kid brother, Christopher Dwayne Pickens. We'll see you guys next time on the Western Shootout. See y'all have a good night.